even when you say, listen, we might not be getting Billboard this time around because you're a brand new artist, they don't necessarily hear that. So first off, I just want to say welcome to the podcast. And before we jump into the episode, let me tell you a little bit about myself and what you can expect. Uh, I have been in the business now for coming up on 30 years. What we're going to talk about in this podcast are things that go on in my day-to-day life, whether it be as a manager, whether it be as a consultant, whether it be as someone who is creating products that's helping musicians all over the world. If there's something going on in the industry, we're going to talk about it. If there's a strategy that needs to be taught, we're going to talk about it. And if there's some way that I can help get you closer to your goal, then you are in the right place because that's what we are going to talk about here on the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Now, let's jump into the episode. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. So I'm excited to finally get a chance to to sit down one-on-one. It seems like every time Ariel Hyatt and I are together, we're both working or we're passing each other or we're just seeing each other on social media. And today we finally get to sit down and chat. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to join me. I do appreciate it. My pleasure. I'm so excited. Uh, you know, what's funny is people, the very first music program that I ever purchased was you, John Ojaka, and Carrie Cole had a, an event that the three of you did. And I was, I was in the early stages of deciding what I wanted to do. Did I want to continue managing, trying to find different artists? Did I want to go out and help? And when I was able to sit down and, and go through some of that stuff, you know, you played a big part for all the people that you think that I've helped you. It's people like Ariel and John, who I saw doing this early on. It was actually John Ojaka who said, dude, you need to do modules. You know, you're spending all your time talking to all these people. You're going to get exhausted. You should probably record yourself and put it on a membership site. But you've been doing this for a little while. So tell everyone who doesn't know who doesn't know you a little bit about you. And then I want to jump into some PR stuff because a lot of people are, are one, getting taken advantage of, two, uh, going at it all wrong, and you've got resources to help them. And you've been kicking butt at this for a long time. So tell everybody about you. So this year marks 22 years that I have run my own agency, which is a very long time (laughs) for the music business and very hard to believe. And I started as a traditional publicist. So everything that you know about PR, for those of you who have read, read up on it, writing press releases, that back in the day it was faxing those press releases to music journalists. I had a very advanced fax program. I could send, wow. I could send 200 faxes in two days. Can you imagine? <laughs> um, big deal. Right. And, and so that's how I started. And um, I've always worked with independent musicians from the get go. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's always been my sweet spot. I started before I had my own PR agency. I worked at an independent record label, which was based here in New York. And then we moved to Colorado called What Are Records? And What Are Records um, and the team that I was on sold a million albums for an unheard of band that had been dropped from Arista. So that's how I got my start. Okay. Um, so really in the trenches doing what we now call direct to fan, but that was sort of the philosophy of Rob Gordon, who was the genius 
who owned one of our records. Uh, fast forward, uh, I worked there, then I worked for a huge concert promotions company, so I got my feet wet in doing publicity for everyone from the Red Hot Chili Peppers to Ani DeFranco to Red Rocks in Colorado and massive events. Um, I didn't like ripping off bands for a living. That was not my uh, thing. And I started cyber, uh, what was called REL Publicity before we rebranded. Um, and so traditional publicist for 10 years. And about 10 years into my journey, I realized traditional PR was not working because obviously newspapers were going away, magazines were folding, things were becoming conglomerated, and the digital thing was beginning to take over. So I was early to the digital game, and I created Cyber PR, which was an online PR company. We started in 2006. And the story since then has been all about adapting, which Rick talks about all the time in his with all of us and in your artists. And so the journey since we went digital, which we did in 2005, very early, has been about adapting, adjusting, learning new things, um, and really cyber PR, the philosophy behind what my agency does is we marry understanding the digital space, your social media, your brand and your messaging with getting effective PR because the two things have to go together. You cannot just record great music and be invisible on social media and expect the press to care. Well, and I think too, something that I want to go back to when you had mentioned this is that you got tired of ripping artists off uh, when you were with that other company, because a lot of times it's like everyone, there is no cookie cutter model for success. There is no cookie cutter cutter model for anything. It's like, just because, you know, at the time, back when you talked about you were getting in there, just because Jay Leno has a booking person doesn't mean that you're right to get to that booking person. You know, it doesn't mean that, you know, it's like, unfortunately, I think sometimes is that independent artists, especially, hell, even artists that sign labels have unrealistic expectations of what a PR person can do for them. I don't think that PR people, in my opinion, really rip anyone off. It's just luckily for you, you have a heart and you don't take everyone's money because PR people, they are sending out your press release. It's just nobody gives a shit because you have nothing to promote. You know, just because you're releasing a CD does not make it press worthy, you know, but you're going to hire a PR person to say, I've got this brand new CD that's coming out and they expect you to get them in Rolling Stone magazine and Billboard magazine and on the front of you know, Paris Hilton and all these different places to talk about your music. What is the reality of what you're able to do? Because it's not like you don't know everyone. It's not like you can't pick up the phone to the Perez Hiltons of the world and the Billboard magazine of the world and the Rolling Stones of the world. But what can an independent artist do now to make your job effective? So this is a really important thing to understand. And this goes for not only publicists, but also radio pluggers and any type of strategy. Playlisters now, these people that are trying to hire playlisters, and you talk to all those folks. Right. Just because someone might know someone at Rap Caviar and you're a rapper does not mean you're getting on that list. So just to back up, when I said rip-off artists, I was referring to working for a concert promoter. Yes. Wow. What a What a... challenging way to experience what really goes on in the music industry. I will leave it at that. (laughs) Right. Um, 
But I think you're right. I think just because a publicist does have those connections and those contacts, unfortunately, what many don't possess is the reality check or the, I, I think even after you explain to an artist that's hopeful and spending a lot of money, even when you say, listen, we might not be getting Billboard this time around because you're a brand new artist, they don't necessarily hear that. Right. <laughs> Remember that old cartoon of like, what a dog's here? And the, 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 the owner of the dog is like saying all these things and the dog's name, the dog only hears yep. the name. Right. So many artists, they only hear Rolling Stone, Pitchfork, Rolling Stone, Pitchfork. They don't right. hear the reality. So your question is so deep and has so many layers. Yes. But the reality is if you are an emerging artist or a new artist or an artist that it might be your second or even third project into the market and you don't have a proven track record with the media, like they've never heard of you, they don't know you, you are in many ways a new artist. So that is one thing to keep in mind. The second thing to keep in mind now in the world of clickbait and driving traffic and numbers and all of this stuff having tremendous importance for blogs, publications, playlisters, any type of person online that's going to promote you, the question that they're asking in their head, unfortunately, is not how great is this music? Right. The question is, how big is this artist's audience and what is that audience going to do for my publication also too let me stop for a second and interject is that a lot of you guys don't understand too is that the blogs are storytellers how interesting is your story is there something unique and different especially if it's a publication that's written and there is no audio you may not get to hear your music. So do you have an interesting read? Is there something going on in your life that they can, that because they're very creative writers that they can work about. It's like a lot of times you guys just hand this disc to these PR people and say, well, I've hired a publicist right now. We're going to go out and we're going to promote this record. It's like there's so much stuff that you need to do on the front end to be able to help them on the back end. And the reason that I'm interjecting, because a lot of times is I don't, Sometimes it's hard for, it's not hard for you because I know you personally, but it's hard for people that may not know you or may not care to come out and just say, you know what, Eh, your stuff's just not quite ready yet. There are some publicists out there that do need to pay their bills, so they do take on everyone. You're not that person. That's why I brought you on here. But what can they maybe do? It's almost like we need to do a therapy session. There's one thing that's also missing from what we're talking about, which is all important. But the third thing, which is experience numbers story is zeitgeist. And my, my team always teases me when I use this word, because it's a bit of a buzzword right now, but you have to understand if you are going and looking at hype machine, if you're looking at the top Spotify playlist, if you're looking at, um, what is trendy, like what blogs you can get to, say, from SubmitHub, there is a trend in the type of music that these blogs are covering. They are covering EDM, they are covering Chill Wave, they are covering very specific, specific indie rock, very specific type of folk that is not traditional, like Folk Alliance kind of folk. It's a more, it's got its own vibe. It's hipster. So for those of us that are creating straight up, like this morning I had a fabulous call with a smooth jazz artist. 
The man is 48 years old. He has over a million followers on social media and has had a huge storied career. Smooth jazz is not what most music blogs are covering. Right. There is a cruise. There is 50 huge events that this man could play every year. Is he going to go ever and be popular on Pitchfork? No. No. So a lot of times this desire to get PR has to also be in alignment with what is being written about. And we've had a big blow to the head, especially over the last 18 to 24 months. A lot of the blogs that were covering more niche genres have gone by the wayside and are now either doing the more chill wave EDM, hipster, indie rock, rap, hip hop, um, or, or they're, they're so in demand. Like if you make Americana music right now, it is so hard to get those premier Americana singer songwriter blogs and, and publications because the competition is fierce. Well, and here's where we have to stop for a second. And this is where I start asking questions like, what is the whole purpose? See, too often people think that we have to go the way that it was. You needed to have a PR person in order to get to the tastemakers, in order to get to the decision makers that would allow your music to get played on television, seen in magazine, and seen in books, because that was the only access and direct way outside of touring that you were able to communicate directly with your fans. So if the whole goal is to get your music out there so that people discover it, you can go direct to those fans now. You can do a much better job running a Facebook ad targeted to fans of Americana music than you can trying to waste your money to get written up in a blog that may or may not ever get read. And that's the part that, and, and you know what? And, you know, Ariel's even switched up. She teaches social media. Why? Because she understands. She teaches you guys how to crowdfund. Why? She understands. Every, she has superpowers in the PR world, but she's even more special in the person-to-person world because she says, look, if your people are hanging out here, why don't I help teach you how to talk to them? where they're hanging out here. It's like as much as she loves doing what she does in the PR world, they're fighting for the same thing that you're fighting for because now, because every one of these people that in the old days, it was who had the best Rolodex. Now the internet has made everyone available to connect with these people. So you're calling them. Yeah. You're calling them as a friend. Yeah. You may get them on the phone quicker, but they're being bombarded by everyone. So, don't forget, folks, that, you know, your best, in my opinion, and, and I look at your business model and the things that you have going on is it's like, instead of spending, you know, and I'm going to use for example, because this just came up, 1200 to $1,500 a month to have a publicist send out requests for people to interview you for their blogs and their podcasts and things like that. You could use that money in Facebook ads to go and target the right people that you want to hear your stuff anyway and buy one-on-one time with someone like Ariel or her team to make sure that your message is on point. You know, because there's a lot of stuff you can do on your own, but if you don't know how to write emails properly or if you don't know the proper way to approach someone, it would be more beneficial in my opinion to hire her, 
get a one-on-one -on -one consulting and say, okay, here's what my plan is. Here's what we want to lay out. Let her take a look at your stuff, listen to make sure that it's on point. And then you can go out and do some of these things. You know, you can make out sure that your Facebook ads look right and that your bio looks good and that you're doing all these things. It's like, I think they're, the reason that I'm getting so passionate about this part is that I think they're leaving things on the table if they just hire you for a month to send stuff out and then disappear because it didn't work. Right. Well, actually, we're not, <laughs> we're, it's true. And then you're, you're going to be disappointed. Yes. And 1200 to 1500 that's low. That's a low price point. If you want like a real publicist who's going to call the Today Show or the New York Times or the really big hitters, which by the way, most artists are not ready for that. You're going to pay 3000 to 5000 a month. Wow. Okay. So, but I've seen a lot of artists spend that money and then <sighs> they're horribly disappointed because they didn't get that result. But to back up, this is why we barely do PR campaigns anymore here. We are doing strategy yep. and writing plans because it's, there's also, I'm on something called the PR list, which is a list of people in the music industry who, who are publicists. There's over 750 PR firms and publicists on this one Google group. And we use it internally all day long, like, hey, does anyone have a contact here? Or, hey, we noticed this writer left this publication. Does, has anyone heard from him? Hey, does anyone know who books? Blah, blah, blah. That's what the purpose of this list is. It's an internal list. But I'm always shocked at just the sheer volume of right. music publicists that are there actively working in the business. So it's a buyer's market. I don't, you know, don't, don't watch this and think like, oh gosh, I should not at all hire a publicist. Mm. There is always a time and a place. And what is that? Let's talk about that. Let that be after you finish your thought, let's segue into what is the time and a place. So the time and the place, as Rick was saying several years ago in the industry used to be very early in the artist's career. It was pretty much I've got the thing recorded. Step one, hire a publicist. Because the publicist, like Rick just said, was the person that had that Rolodex that could, that could help you be the mouthpiece to your fans. Now, you're the mouthpiece to the fans. The publicist becomes the additional speaker on top of all of that. So you've got to create that foundation. You've got to build a fan base. You've got to prove that you're authentically communicating. I mean, we all know very few artists are getting signed without a platform. Very few artists are getting signed without saying, I have something to offer. There is no more artist development, not the way it used to be done. Yep. It is come to the party with the whole package prepared. So in many ways, that is what the bigger publicists, like if you're trying to get really serious PR, no one will or no one should <laughs> take, take you on until you are ready for that. And with PR, if you are looking to get just small blogs, small publications, you really don't have the time, you, hate, you don't really communicate well, okay, you could hire someone to help you do that. But there are so many DIY platforms now for publicity. Every single publicist I know is using SubmitHub, as well as all of the artists and all of the labels. It is now a thing. So if you've got 40 bucks, 
you can use it too. You do not need to hire a publicist. Yes, a publicist might know the the thousands of of entries that you can make in SubmitHub and they'll know exactly who to send you to and they'll know who not to send you to so you don't get rejected. But for the most part, that has been a serious game changer. And mm-hmm. all of us have access to it. It's 40 bucks or it's a dollar per submission. So um, you don't need to pay to get some decent press anymore. But it does take strategy and time and effort. And again, you have to have a story, a tribe. You have to have something going on on your social media, some numbers somewhere. It can't be fake. And you have to be in the zeitgeist of what's popular and trending on that blog. So, And your music can't suck. Music cannot suck, for sure not. I think that's even the, the hardest part of the puzzle with 20,000 assets per day. Let's let that sink in 20,000 songs a day going up on Spotify. There's just a hum, humongous, I haven't used that word since I was a teenager, humongous amount of. Wow. Yeah. It's just wrap your head around that. It's well, like, I was, it was funny cause I was driving into work today and I was thinking to myself, it's like I had spent the weekend with Linda Septian down in Dallas speaking to a bunch of her group. And it was interesting because she made a comment to me that she worked with Demi Lovato early on and Jessica Simpson early on. And you know, a lot of these artists and she says, Rick, she says, nowadays it's like people come in and it doesn't matter if they have a great voice. It's do they have a great, unique, identifiable voice? Used to just be great voice. Now with so much noise that's out there and so many 20,000 songs a day, if they all sing, sound the same, you don't stick out. And I think what's what's happening right now is a lot of people uh, are still complaining about the way they wish it was and not dealing with the fact of how it is. Uh, you started your cyber PR version, heck, a year before YouTube was even on. You know, YouTube comes around 2006, you get started in 2005 you made mention of that you know very seldom do you do pr campaigns and things right now you guys do a lot of teaching and one sheets i've been fortunate to download a lot of uh things from your blogs i was complimenting you the other day i called i called her and i said hey by the way instead of me trying to like recreate all this stuff can i just promote your stuff i said you've got the best handouts and the way that your team when you you take a blog and you're so smart, but then visually, probably because you're a, a, a girl, you make it look so good. You know what I mean? I just kind of throw this stuff out there, throw a logo on it, pop it out. You make it look so good. Let's talk about a couple of the the handouts that you've created. Don't worry, folks. I'll make sure that you know how to get a hold of her and that you make sure you're able to download these things. Tell us a couple that have been doing really well for you and if someone's just a beginner, which one they might want to start with on even understanding PR? And then if someone's been at it for a little while, what, where, where should they go or what should they do? Because I know you have things for all of them. Hell, you've written, what, like 27 books or something like that? It's crazy. <laughs> I know. I got a few of them lying around enjoy, here. I do enjoy writing books. That's true. Um, so, yes, if you do want to come visit Cyber PR Music, our most popular two um, downloadable sheets oh there you go there's my there's my crowdfunding book that's right Um, that's more than just a crowdfunding book by the way it's true (laughs) it's part of my soul a piece of my soul is actually in that book you can find it um 
that that book is is all about how to run a successful crowdfunding campaign and the dirty secret to that which is the secret to pr which is the secret to playlisting which is the secret to all of this is the first third of that book is all about your brand your story your social media your numbers your tribe and how you're communicating which is where you unfortunately there's no skipping that part that's the painful part so, so in your 20 plus years, you still haven't found the shortcut. Oh, there's no or the secret. Yeah. So, okay. I'm still looking too. I'm almost at 30 if you count my 15 of radio. And I'm like, where, where is this? I always tell people if there were secrets, I would be selling them on the street corner. We'd be so rich right now. You know what I mean? It's like. So rich. Yeah. And I mean, I've had so many, not so many, but you know, and I know you have too, Rick, you get these the smartest guy in the room call. And he's like, yeah, well, I've, you know, I have a hundred grand. What, what can I skip? I'm like, nothing. You still need fans. It does not matter if you are rich. You still, you cannot buy fans. Here's what you can buy. Time. You can invest in people that already have the knowledge and experience to keep you from wasting your time. That's what money buys you. That's why I pay for mentorship people. That's why I pay for coaching. It's for the sole purpose of time. It doesn't jump me to anywhere. It just allows me to not have to waste time on certain things. You still have to do the work. Books are time savers. That's what this book is. This book is a time saver. Podcasts are time savers. Workshops, going to the DIY musician conference and sitting in conferences, they're time savers. They save you time because you're learning from professionals. Now back to our regularly scheduled program, already (laughs) in progress. (laughs) And on that note, what we were talking about the downloads from my website, right? So the two most um, popular ones are our music publicity check sheet, which is uh, what you need to prepare and understand about music PR, which we're already giving away most of what that check sheet is about. It's not only about PR. It's, of course, about your social media, et cetera. And the other one is our marketing plan check sheet, which, believe it or not, swelled to 89 different things that you could consider when thinking about creating a comprehensive marketing plan for yourself. Each one of those check sheets has uh, six or seven companion blog posts, which are included. So they're, they're like, they're check sheets, but they go back to a lot of uh, referential material at cyberprmusic.com. And my whole journey behind creating that site came from my early days running a PR firm and having, this was really before the internet. This was like 96. My phone would ring and there'd be a musician on the other end of the line and they'd say, oh, hi. So you're a publishing company? And I would say, no, (laughs) it starts with P-U-B, but we do something very different. Um, So then I would be explaining what publicity was when I should have been doing my job. So I realized there was a huge, um, there was a hole and the hole was, There was one book, and I know you know this book. It was by Jim Bessman. It was the Billboard Guide to Music Publicity. It was the only guide about music PR. Um, And I got it and read it when I was young and just starting. And it was a physical book. And that was the only kind of material you could find about what PR was, how it worked in the music industry. So shout out to Jim Bestman at Billboard. Um, and of course, now there's a, baz- a bazillion trillion blog posts and podcasts and videos on almost anything you want to learn about. And that's the unbelievable part and the overwhelming part, of course. Right. 
of this new industry. It's true. Anything you want to learn about, you know, there's ample amounts of material. Well, and I also think you want to be careful who you're getting your ample amount of material from. That's why I chose to bring you on, because there is no one editing the internet. Uh, Anyone can write a book. Anyone can claim to have worked with anyone. Anyone can say whatever they want. Uh, the, The fact checker, I mean, it's all kind of crazy out there, but that's why I'm so blessed to have been able to find you early on when I started teaching this, because like I tell all of you guys, it's like, I don't want to be the expert in everything. I want to have access to the experts and everything. And there's a lot of people who are very good at what they do, but there are very few. And I say this respectfully to those that are out there trying it. There are very few that can teach effectively. You know, it's like, they may know a lot of things and they may do this, but they're not able. I mean, I've, I've made a really good living by just simplifying a lot of very complicated topics. Uh, I always tell people, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm just going to ask the best questions. And the reason I ask questions is because I try to dumb it down. I try to say, okay, let's, like I said earlier, what is the whole, what is the reason for PR to finally at some point get the end consumer to read the article, see you on TV? Well, now you can get right to them. So let's, Let's go figure out how to do that. And that's why when people say, Rick, what is it that you do? I said, I teach artists to fan engagement. Let's go build a tribe. Let's go build relationships, figure out what's going on in there, and then make sure that we give it to them. And you have been rocking my world for a long time. And I just want to say thank you. And I appreciate you. And cyberpr.com, best place for people to reach out to you? Actually, cyberprmusic.com. Okay, so cyberprmusic.com. Dot com. You can go get the uh, the guides, the checklist. Uh, go ahead and get that uh, if you uh, if you love uh, books. If you're a book person, like I gave a book to someone today, she's got some fantastic books. And you know you're all over the place, and I appreciate you. And if there's anything that you know I can ever do to help serve you, any place you want to send people besides cyberprmusic.com, or is that the best hub to start? There is there is over 300 blog posts there from everything from social media to PR to marketing to monetizing to Spotify. Um, so plenty of material for you there. Um, and my jam, even though it's not the most popular one is still Twitter. So if you want to talk to me, I'm cyber PR on Twitter. You can at me, I'll get back to you pretty fast. Um, or there's multiple forms you can fill out on our website. If you want to set up a call to chat with me or someone from my team. Okay. So I'm glad you mentioned Twitter because a lot of people I always tell people, it's like you just said, my jam is Twitter. That's what I mean, folks, when I tell you, you need to be discoverable where people like Ariel. So she's saying hers is Twitter. Yours may be Instagram. So that's why you need to be everywhere. You don't need to be there all the time, every day, a hundred times a day, but you need to be there every day because if she is on Twitter and she hears your song, she may go and try to find you on Twitter because she's there. And if you haven't been there in a while, she may move on to someone else. So, so excited that you mentioned Twitter because I'm still a huge fan of Twitter myself. Uh, Snapchat, I can't. Uh, I'll advertise on Snapchat, but I bring no value to the platform, so I don't waste my time there. So what I tell people, if I can't bring value to it, I'll run ads there. But other than that, I got too much to do. You have been a wonderful uh, person for taking your time to bless us. I thank you, and uh, we'll talk again sooner rather than later. Thanks, Rick. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. 
Remember, there is no one-size-fits-all model when it comes to the music industry. So check out my website, rickbarker.com, take the quiz, and I will send you information specific to you to help make sure that you are on the right track. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water, you drown by staying there.